myself, uh, one of the things that I struggled with and I see it in other women is that I was trying to get everything that I needed, for instance, security and love, um, like only the Lord can provide vertically for me. I was seeking that horizontally. And so that was breaking down and that was a weight on, on Chris. When I mm-hmm. finally realized that, when that, when the Lord gave me revelation and just wisdom in that, I realized that it was a weight, like I said, on Chris, but then also he cannot fulfill those things for me. Hey, I'm excited to be on the show today with you, friend. Hi, I'm Byron Tyler. Welcome to Mid-South Viewpoint here on the Bot Radio Network. And I have a couple of dear friends, the Petersons. Chris and Nicole Peterson are here today. Petersons, welcome to Mid-South Viewpoint. Uh, Thank you for having us. (laughs) This is fantastic. We've got so much to talk about. I've got like a book of questions for you guys. (laughs) We're going to have a great half hour together to get to know the Petersons. I know the Petersons from my church, Mission Church, here in Memphis, where Chris serves as one of our elders. And Nicole is quite involved in ministry to the prayer ministry. And I don't know what else all you guys do, but I know you do a lot. And so thankful for the Petersons' family and ministry. They have three precious daughters. And they're beautiful, they're growing, and I know you've got a busy family. Matter of fact, for us to arrange this interview today was kind of scheduling issue, right, Nicole? Make sure we could get it done? Yes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. We actually had to reschedule to make it convenient for you because you're involved with even other ministries outside of Mission Church, too, which we want to talk about today. But am I right, Chris, that you work with a medical delivery service? Do you still do that? Yes, I do. Okay. Uh, and so I drive for a pharmacy that produces uh, nuclear medicine. Ooh, Sounds serious. It does sound serious. Is that something dangerous or you have to have a special license to do? Or uh, I have to take some tests, but it's not too, I don't think it's too dangerous. Everything's packed in lead and all that good stuff. Okay. So like, <laughs> Are you packed in lead too sometimes? <laughs> <laughs> no, my brother, my brother thinks I'll be a superhero by the time he thinks this is going to be my superhero origin story. Now, Nicole, the question is when Chris comes home, is he shining? Is he, <laughs> is he, is he radiating? He's always shining. <laughs> he, he really is. I don't know if it's if it's nuclear, but I, I know I think it's Jesus that makes him shine. So you grew up in Corinth, Mississippi, and attended Corinth High School. Yes. Tell me about growing up in Corinth. Well, Corinth is a very small place, uh, but it's home. I still have family there. I have my mom's there. I have a brother there, aunts, uncles, all that, all yeah. that stuff, cousins, all those things there. But yeah. Now, I understand the Dinner Bell restaurant in Corinth is kind of a nice place. Was that operating when you were growing up or is that new? Uh, That is post-adulthood. Okay, post-adulthood. Yeah. Have you been to the Dinner Bell? I have been. We have been. Nicole and I have both been. Okay. Rating thumbs up, Nicole, down. Putting you on the spot here. (laughs) Uh, Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Okay. Seven food, you can't ever ever go wrong. Got to have some turnip greens. Yeah. Yeah. Something else, I don't know if you do this on a regular basis, but you like to throw axes with your friends. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I do. Uh, I've done that with friends a couple of times. And actually, Nicole and I have done that on uh, date night. So, Nicole, you're taking interest in throwing these axes. Is it challenging to do that? I've never done it before, so I don't know anything about the sport. Yes, it is challenging. um, And I'm very competitive. Are you? If you know that about me. (laughs) And so the one time we went, uh, it was it was interesting, but it was fun. So you're competitive. So, Chris, when you're out there throwing those axes, I mean, do you give her any any leadway at no all? Quarter. No quarter. No, not at all. Huh? No, not okay, at all. This is because, serious. And that's and that's because I am not competitive. 
she's the competitive one. So I have to do my best because yeah. <laughs> she's also the athletic one. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, so... Yeah, she was the kid that played basketball in school and all that kind of stuff, and I was in the marching band. You were in the marching band. (laughs) So you guys have been married for 12 years, I believe. Is that right? It'll be 12 years this November, yes. Well, congratulations for that, 12 years. Nicole is from the island of Guam. Yes. And I'm so excited that I actually met someone from Guam because I actually lived on Guam. My family, Pam and I and our boys, back in the mid-1990s, served with a ministry called Transworld Radio. And I have such fond memories. That was a big move for us. Our kids were like, let's see, 11, 8, and 4. We have great memories. You know, we never thought we would come back, but it was an incredible, beautiful place to be and experience there, the people we met. So, Nicole, help me out here. Mantanana. Mantanonia. I've been off the island now for 20 years. So tell me what it was like to be in Mantanonia. You know, I was one of those kids on the island that um, didn't realize how beautiful it was. Uh, I was like a rebel and just wanted to get off. I didn't want anything to do with the culture. Um, I didn't want anything to to do with the language and anything. Um, Of course, now looking back. um, So I know in school there, they do have Chamorro history classes that they teach in the public schools. And I know from just from my past experience, I'm assuming they still do teach Chamorro language because even today's generation of children don't necessarily learn the language unless their parents are speaking it at home. Did you learn Chamorro when you were growing up? I did. It was actually uh, one of the requirements to graduate to, to take a, to take the language for a year. Um, and I did learn it. My mom spoke it. My mom and dad spoke it um, and family spoke it. But I didn't ever want to to speak it myself. <laughs> yeah. Tell us something about the Chamorro people that stands out to you, life living on an island. I can say that we're very hospitable. Like that's just in our DNA. That's so true. I know yes. that personally. Yes. <laughs> Everybody's welcome. The Chamorro people, whether you're Chamorro or not, if you're living on Guam, every holiday is bigger than you can imagine. <laughs> you know, if you think we celebrate Fourth of July big here. Or Liberation Day is even bigger. Mm-hmm. And they have a Liberation Day parade. The local PBS channel, they always broadcast the parade. And our radio staff hosts the show for that parade. And the guy who was supposed to do it left the island and needed a fill-in. So I was the fill-in. <laughs> Normally, I guess a parade like that would take about three hours. It was about a seven-hour parade mm-hmm. because every float stopped. And the governor shakes everybody's hand on the float. And they exchange wow. gifts. And it's just an experience, <laughs> You know, yes. but it's beautiful like how the people celebrate. And like you said, everybody is so hospitable. They welcome you. I love when election time is because all the candidates are out on the road with donuts. Oh, they'll have a tent <laughs> set up with food set up for you to stop by and eat and fellowship. Yeah. I wish we could do that here, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'd probably feel a lot better about our elections that way. That's right. That's right. We would at least be satisfied with food. That's for sure. <laughs> but also, you know, after the election, even if the candidate doesn't win, they usually will stand on the side of the road and hold thank you signs thank you. and thank you. That's how hospitable. Yeah. As you mentioned, Nicole, they're so hospitable yeah. there. Okay, so you grew up on Guam. Now, Chris, you were from Corinth, Mississippi. How did the two of that's the big question. How did you two meet? <laughs> uh, work, actually. We used to, uh, well, actually, Nicole still works there. She works for FedEx. Well, I mean, there had to be a transition. I mean, how did you escape? <laughs> how did you get off the island? Yeah, so. And when did you leave? When did you leave Guam? I graduated in uh, from high school in 20, uh, well, 2001, and 
as soon as I did, I wanted to go. And so we moved to Memphis. Um, of all places, we moved to Memphis. But um, so I moved it back after I graduated from high school. Yeah, you of already course. had family here yes. in this area, right? Oh, did you? Yes. Okay. I had an uncle and um, an aunt who lived out here in their family. How about that? I keep bringing back memories from Guam because I love this so much. <laughs> you were there when the archbishop of the island was Anthony Apurin. When I was on the radio there, I did a kind of a local talk show on KTWG AM 800. That was the Christian radio station, which is still operating today. Wow. We were like the first evangelical radio station that the archbishop came and did a radio show oh, on. that's awesome. And then Dr. Debbie Perez, Dr. Chris and Debbie mm-hmm. Perez were part of a clinic there. She did a, a radio show with me on women's health. People would call in. They were just great folks. But we're not here to talk about all that. We can talk island stuff later. <laughs> yeah. But I did want to bring that part up because it's a, such a unique place. U.S. territory, mm-hmm. uh, but a beautiful island, very strategic place for the U.S. And thank God for Guam and Hafa Day. Yes, <laughs> and, uh, Hafa Day. Yeah. So now that I'm an adult and looking back and after starting my own family and having kids, of course, I was I realized how naive I was. And, you know, of course, now I want to cook all the foods and yes. like speak the language and teach the language to my children. But I just realized how just naive and silly I was when I was younger. You know, I will yeah. say it did take her mother fussing at her a bit for me to actually get Chamorro food. <laughs> like, we were married for quite some time before she started cooking Chamorro dishes. Yeah, it took a minute for me to... I'm on the production team at church and on Sunday mornings. They take turns bringing food in. When Nicole brings her rice, <laughs> there's no rice like it. You know, there's, you can't find rice like that in any restaurant in Memphis. It's incredible and I love it. So uh, We love it at home too because whenever she flicks, fixes rice for the production team, she fixes enough for, for oh, home too. So, so you've been it too, then. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, we want to get into some serious things and some fun things too, but when it comes to marriage, met at work, was it love at first sight, Nicole? He'll say, Chris will say that he he sought me out. There's a big debate on that. So <laughs> That will never be, never be. <laughs> Chris, is that right? Did you seek her out first? Yes. Yeah, we, we yes. don't have time on this. Okay, we won't go there. <laughs> we, don't want to start a, we don't want to start a family feud or anything yeah. right now. This We're going to need a part two and three yeah. if we get into all that. But so you met. Now, were both of you believers at that time? No, I knew of God. I knew he existed. Um, I grew up in the Catholic Church, so I didn't have a personal relationship with him. I can say that much when we first met. Yeah, and I grew up uh, going to church. And it was foundational, but but I I didn't have... I didn't have a personal relationship with Christ either. Yeah. So that's how you entered your relationship Correct. that way. Yes. So when was it that the message of the gospel sparked and you understood it was a, a gospel done and not a gospel due? Uh, yeah. So mm-hmm. that was, what year was that? Do you remember the year? It was in, I want to say 2009. Okay. Yeah. So about the, I don't remember the year. She's better at that. So about 2009, um, I was just at a place where I had the foundation, but I didn't have the relationship with Christ. Mm-hmm. And I'd walked away from the church, to be perfectly honest. And I didn't see myself. Mm-hmm. I didn't see a future where that was going to be a, a thing for me or my family or anything else. Mm-hmm. Of all things, my younger brother, Corey Peterson, uh, begins to pastor a small church in Corinth. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was really the thing that drew us back in. We were driving from Memphis uh, to Corinth every Sunday to sit under my brother's teaching. 
but my brother has a lot of health issues, so he was only able to to do it for two years. The strain was just too much on him, so he he retired effectively. Uh, and so my wife was gracious; she let me sit around for a couple of months, and then she came to me and she said, "Okay, it's time for us to find a place here." Mm-hmm. And I said, "Okay." We went as Christians around here do church shopping, right? Yeah. So were you thinking, Nicole, that you were just wanting to go to church because that was the right thing to do, or you already started trusting Christ? Yes. Yeah, so for the beginning part of our relationship, we definitely were um, not walking with Christ um, or knowing Him. But then at that point, um, when we started to go to church in Corinth, uh, the Lord started tugging at my heart. And um, and I started to read for myself. And um, and that's one of the things his brother used to always say is um, to know the God of the word, like you have to read his word. Yeah. Um, and so I dived in and, and what Chris didn't mention is that he had a lot of church hurt. And so that was the reason he kind of walked away um, just growing up his experiences. And so no, having his brother and knowing his character, that's just looking back. God orchestrated that oh, because we, oh, we, we wouldn't have, we wouldn't have, I don't know how else. And he says it all the time. Yeah, he doesn't I, know how else God would have brought him back into that. So yeah, see, he started tugging at my heart. And when we got back, I she's was like, being <laughs> modest. She was on fire. <laughs> she was on fire at that point. Yes. And so one of the first churches we went to was High Point Church at the time. I heard the gospel and I was like, so what does it mean to be saved? You know, and like I was questioning all of these things and and um, and I broke down and I was like, Lord, like you, this this is you. Like, I want you. I need you in my life. And so from that point, it was 2011, the fall of 2011 that I gave my life to Christ. That is beautiful. Yeah. That is beautiful. And so shortly after, Chris, due to the fact that Nicole was seeing a change in her life, that the gospel that she was trusting was something real. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um <laughs> Our personalities work in a way that my, when my wife is on fire for things, like I'm just starting to heat up, yeah. you know, like I don't know what that is, but uh, it works for me that way too. I don't know why. <laughs> and so she was on fire for God, definitely. And I was just kind of easing back into it, you know, just it's because of my history, I guess. Uh, but when we got there, another thing was like they just loved us. I don't think I had experienced. Christians being so loving mm-hmm. before that moment, mm-hmm. or or maybe I didn't recognize it before. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, but my eyes were open to that, and the way they just uh, loved Nicole and I, and loved our children. Yeah, I, I just knew, like I like wow. I, I need this. Yeah. Yes. So well, he also dedicated his life at the end of the end of 2011. Yes, we were in, both baptized in, in 2012. 2012. Yes. Yeah. yes, I remember when you were baptized. <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. Well, again, the grace of God yeah. working through the gospel, mm-hmm. the power of that, because the Bible says it's the power of God into salvation for everyone yes. who believes. Mm-hmm. We can get foggy vision when you have these church hurts mm-hmm. and things that happen to us, and that's so sad that. Mm-hmm. That happens, and it can cause many people to reject, as you say, the church who haven't really seen the true gospel. If the church isn't living that out, and that's not their center, that's not their all, you know? Yeah. And what an important thing to keep the gospel forefront. Okay, so in your marriage, did you have any challenges, or did you guys pretty much click this whole time, these past 12 years? I'm sure it keeps getting better. (laughs) Y'all, it absolutely gets better every day. But but it has taken work. And so I just wanted to... 
make a correction to our, like our just the dynamics of our family. We're actually a blended family. So there's five total kids. Chris has a 31 year old from mm-hmm. his first marriage that he raised since he was two. And then a 21 year old daughter from his first marriage. Yes. And then I have a 20 year old son from a previous relationship. And then the two youngest girls are ours. We call them our bridge babies. Yes, they're our bridge and babies. they're 14 and seven. Yeah. So that dynamics of our relationship, it definitely made it difficult um, in the beginning, trying to co-parent with the other parents. But we made it through and we kept pushing. And we uh, we learned early on um, that it takes time and it takes effort uh, to put into your marriage that it just doesn't happen. It's not yeah. happenstance. No, no, it doesn't. It does take work, right, yes. Chris? Yes. Oh, absolutely. Sanctification is, <laughs> is a slow burn, right? <laughs> and so while we're trying to navigate these relationships like outside of our home, mm-hmm. right? Like it causes stress inside our home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was just the the sanctification process like year over year. Mm-hmm. I think we had like, these moments where we would just look at each other and go, yeah, that thing wasn't right. Like we like that there's definitely room for repentance here, right? Yeah, yeah. And then and we're going to move forward from there. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, something else has taken uh, your hearts is a passion for a biblical view of marriage. Yes. You're actually doing seminars and you're <laughs> taking this to where couples need it most. Yes. Trying to help them see what a biblical view of marriage. Really, what does a biblical marriage look like and why is it important? I want to start off by saying neither one of us had good example of, of what a biblical marriage should look like on either side. Um, and that was definitely important to us. We want that for our children. And we want to model that for others. And so it took us a, a minute, but it's only by the grace of God that we, he started to give us wisdom in that and, and what that's supposed to look like. You know, in Ephesians, it talks about how we're supposed to submit out of reverence for Christ first, and then I submit to him and he loves me um, as Christ loves the church. And so, you know, the, the word submit is... There's just this negative connotation to that. And definitely, and I always looked at it that way. Um, but now that I, I understand it and what that truly means, and that submitting to my husband is really me submitting to Christ, it made that, it made that easier for us. Um, but we, we know the importance of it, and we want to do whatever and be used as a willing vessel, however he wants to use us, whether it's here or whether it's in Peru. Yes. Um, but... Yeah. So did, were you going to say something? No, I'm, no you're great. <laughs> yeah. And I just want to add something. I remember the late Adrian Rogers said, what wife would not want to submit to her husband if mm. her husband yes. loved her as Christ loved the church and right. he was willing to give his life yes. for the church? Yes. And that's sacrifice. That yes. is showing true love. Yes. And when that's part of the relationship, the dynamic of that, it fits. It's like, yeah, this is right. And this is the way God designed it. Yeah. And I heard Tony Evans talk about this last night. I mean, he was getting fired up about <laughs> the covenant marriage and, and what it looked like and yeah. why the submission. Of course, as you mentioned, that word is not in the world's definition right. of a relationship today. You know, as Christians, it doesn't matter how the culture changes or what adoptions the culture takes or does. Our standard, our norm mm-hmm. is yeah. biblical, right? It's yeah. the yes. Bible. Absolutely. And I think Nicole recognized that probably before I was in a place um, where it was more, it was easy to do, right? Like, so I feel like she courageously walked into that even before I was in a place 
the place I should have been. So I think it's, I hope and pray that it's gotten easier for her over the years as I've submitted myself to Christ, right? So like the more I grow in my relationship with Christ, the easier it is for her to be able to submit. Well, and there's that example, like you're saying, when Nicole sees that in you, there's that example, you leading as the husband. Yeah. It makes it, yeah, it does make it easier, right, Nicole? Yeah. To submit or to see God's view of what marriage should look like. Yes. So what do you find that marriage couples that you talk to, and I know you guys work with a lot of married couples, what do you see that they are struggling with most today, right now? Is there a common denominator among them? Um, unfortunately, I think I think most couples are, even couples in the church are struggling with the same things that couples outside of the church are struggling with, right? And so um, when the world, you're bombarded with uh, the images the world presents to you, right? Like your finances ought to look this way and you ought to have this car and you ought to have this house. And when those expectations aren't met, probably the one of the biggest struggles would be social media too, mm-hmm. uh, we see, where all you see are the, people's highlight Mm -hmm. reels, right? And so when you look at your own life and you're like, well, we're not on vacation, you know, this many times and, you know, we're not going here and we're not eating here, right? Like there's this comparison thing Mm -hmm. that couples tend to struggle with. Yeah. And I mean, I can speak for myself, but then I see it in the women, especially uh, that we um, have had an opportunity to speak with. So for myself, uh, one of the things that I struggled with and I see it in other women is that I was trying to get everything that I needed, for instance, security and love, um, like only the Lord that can provide vertically for me. I was seeking that horizontally. And so that was breaking down and that was a weight on on Chris. When I mm-hmm. finally realized that, when that, when the Lord gave me revelation and just wisdom in that, I realized that it was a weight, like I said, on Chris, but then also he cannot fulfill those things for me perfectly, right? He's here as my husband to love and to serve and to, to give me the security and, and, and make me feel significant. But ultimately, that's what I needed from Christ. And so I see that that's a, that's a really big issue among wives is putting that burden on their husbands that they cannot fulfill. Yeah, and I think you've got a great point there, but I think it goes again for men too. We can have just unreasonable expectations for one another, what they are supposed to fulfill in me, you know, when you get married. I mean, you know, there's the bliss, there's the honeymoon period that we talk about, you know, it could be a year or two, three years, some people might last longer, but I'm talking about that emotional, that feeling of passion for each other. Yeah. We've been married now for 39 years, you know, Mm -hmm. you see how love, it is an act of the will, Mm -hmm. an an act of a will and an act of submission, not just the wife to the man, but to to one another, you know, in in the home. I I struggled uh, in the beginning when it's so wonderful to to look back at it now and see the the way God was working in both of us because uh, Nicole was struggling with, you know, just having me fulfill these things that she needed from God. And I was struggling with, being able to love her the way that Christ loved the church because because I was very good at loving myself, <laughs> right? Like it's easy to love yourself, yep. right? Like, oh, like I know what I want. And so that was the thing. And we both had this, this moment of revelation, like really about the same time uh, where 
she realized, okay, I'm looking to my husband instead of looking to God in certain aspects. And I also realized that I was not, I was not sacrificing for her in the way that I should. And so <laughs> it's, it seems silly now when we talk about it, but I was just like, I came home one day and I was like, she's my number one human being, yeah. right? Like yeah. that you are my number one human being and I am not treating you as such, right? Yeah. Instead of standing beside you and fighting with you against the insecurities you have, right? Like just by my, the habit of loving myself more than I loved her, right? I was feeding into her insecurities, yeah. you know, I, and it wasn't that I was necessarily doing anything to make her insecure. I just wasn't helping her fight her insecurities. Oh, my. <laughs> and, and it doesn't change. I think that's something we have to continually deal with, whether you've been married 12 years or 39 years right. or however long, because it's the flesh and it's mm-hmm. continually looking at what satisfies you, mm-hmm. where do you get your, your security from, mm-hmm. and what do you define as success? Yeah, and, it, and it's an act of love. I mean, yes. even even when I wake up and I don't feel in love with my husband, like I have to, it's the actions behind it, you know? And and I mean, it's, it's the gospel. When we forget the gospel, we don't love each other well. When yeah. we forget that Christ went first, that he loved us first, mm-hmm. you know? So when we forget that and we don't respond to each other in that way, when we're not living out that gospel walk, then we find ourselves you know, in, <laughs> in arguments yes. and in things like that, you know, right. at each other's throat. I'll tell you what, before we continue here, our time has slipped away on this program. <laughs> I'm going to put you on the spot and ask you, could you hang around and we continue this conversation for a second part to the show? Can you do that? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so let me wrap it up here. Yeah. And then we're going to come back with the Petersons and continue this conversation. Awesome. Thank I'm having you a so great much. time. Yeah, we want so to do this. We. All right. Well, friends, we are visiting today with Chris and Nicole Peterson here on Mid South Viewpoint on the Bot Radio Network. And as you can tell, this is becoming, I think, a wonderful time together in the studio here today. And I hope it's encouraging you, friend. Real quick, Chris, if somebody wanted to contact you, is there an email address if they had questions about marriage or maybe wanted to know about one of your upcoming marriage seminars oh, you're yeah, doing? Absolutely. Is there an email? address that you could give so that way they would know how to maybe reach out to you? Yes, it's uh, Chris P, C-H-R-I-S-P at missionchurchmemphis.com. Okay, so you can send the email there if you have questions to find out because Chris and Nicole are doing these marriage seminars throughout the year and you can find out the schedule of those and maybe participate in. But at this point, we're going to say goodbye to the Petersons but come back next time and continue the conversation. Thanks so much, friend, for joining us on this edition of Mid-South Viewpoint here on the Bot Radio Network. I'm Byron Tyler and we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. to Mid-South Viewpoint. The show is archived for on-demand listening on our website at botradionetwork.com or via your favorite podcast platform. Stay tuned to Bot Radio Network to fill your day with God's Word.